Now, Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Shara McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, located on the South Shore, and I have been working as a full-time realtor and sales and marketing consultant for home buyers and home sellers for the past 15 years. My unique approach to assisting my clients to the next chapter of their lives is driven by being a team player and by offering them continuous training, education, advising, and mentoring. Every week, I will be providing you with real estate topics ranging from home buyer and home seller advice, legal matters, insurance binders, flood insurance concerns, home inspection questions, environmental worries like radon, lead paint, and mold, mortgages and loan programs, staging tips and ideas, real estate contracts, market trends, home values, and more. It's a talk radio show, and you can follow along online. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. If you missed any of our shows, you can listen on my podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me regarding your home sale or your home purchase, you can connect with me anytime at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. You're listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. I am Dustin Hughes, joined here with part of the McNamara Broker team, Sharon McNamara and Melissa Wallace. How are you guys doing tonight? Hello, hello. hello. We're right. here. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, doing I know you good. had a class today, so how would that go? Was that good? Yeah, it was, it was longer than expected. Oh. And yeah. it was... It was it was strange in the sense that you know I probably should have took it six months ago. <laughs> yeah, you were supposed to, I think. Yes, and they're like, all right, this they're like this is Remind and this is RPR, and I was like, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, and I see that you have a little color in your skin because you just popped off the Peloton. Yeah, so, yeah. Yes. How's that? The exercising is good. It feels yeah. good. That's awesome. Staying on track for our 2021. I know last week, uh, Mary and I, Mary's actually on the road. She might be calling in. Uh, so Ben will be ready for that call. Um, but if you're out there listening to us at WATD Land, you can call us too. If you have any questions about real estate, 781-837-4900. You can find us on Facebook and all those other great places. Uh, Mary may be joining us. She's out showing a couple properties tonight. So uh, she may be able to get in touch with us. Um, Melissa and I are here in the home studio. Uh, but last week, uh, Mary and I gave our words. Um, so my word for 2021 was going to be embrace um, and rise. I sort of like both of them. I couldn't choose. So um, I'm embracing all things wonderful that are going to come our way in 2021. Um, did you guys come up with your word yet? I remembered mine. Okay, what is it? <laughs> At just right in this moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sharon asked me before, and I was like, I, I was going to say it at the end of last week's show, but I got cut off. I don't remember. But um, my word is going to be aware. Oh, mm. that's a good one. So take it as it may. I want mm-hmm. to be a, aware <laughs> of, pretty, like, I, I don't know. I guess I just want to live in the moment, but also be very conscious about what's going on. So mm-hmm. I want to be ed- like, I want to educate myself like more on like social issues and be more aware of like what's going on, but also be aware of 
you know, the people around me. So the people that I surround myself, their feelings, my feelings, how, you know, we can sort of better each other, be just sort of aware of, of what my goals are. So I have to set goals first. <laughs> um, well, they're going to be doing that Thursday night, right? At yeah. the, um, is it, what is it called? The Young Professionals? Yes. Yes. Thursday well, night. So yeah. hopefully I have my goals set by then. <laughs> and you have a big birthday this year coming up in February. I do. Yeah. Well, I think that's what sort of prompted it. So I will be turning 30 next month and, you know, a lot of people take it hard, you know, moving from their 20s to their 30s. So uh -huh. it's going to be a, a weird year for me, I feel like, but I'm going to try to be um, sort of, I guess, aware of what, you know, what I want to do with my life. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, have you thought of your word yet? I think I have. Okay, let's hear it. Present. Oh, that's a good one. I had that last year, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, was that mine last year or the year before? Uh, maybe it was two years ago. Yeah, it might have been two years ago. I don't remember what mine was last year. Present's good. All right, it, so tell us how you got to it. it there's so many times you once, at least... From my perspective, once it's something you're kind of focusing on, there's so many times you catch yourself not fully present in any situation, whether it's being there for someone else, paying attention mm -hmm. to what you're doing, getting the most out of what you're doing, mm -hmm. giving the most into what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's it's really easy to, and you know, not just buzzwords like be distracted on your phone or not paying attention, but it, it is really easy to, you know, be preoccupied with something else when you know, maybe it's a situation where 100% of your effort results in something completely different than you just going through the motions. Yep, that's a good one. Present is a good one. I don't know if Ben's listening. He might be down the hallway again. I always <laughs> catch him off guard. Uh, ben? Ben? Nope. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, no, I'm still here. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have a word? We, we had a couple of word? calls coming in at the front door. We had the, uh, the disinfecting team here. Oh, mm -hmm. ours is coming next week, actually. So... Um, 2021, do you have a word that sort of encapsulates what your thoughts are for the year, what you're hoping for? What I'm hoping for in 2021, one word. Um, I would have to say positivity. Yeah. I'll follow that up with positivity or else. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do race that now. Wait, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, our computer just wanted to... Uh, reboot for some reason. Positivity is a good one. So we like that. So last week I also told everybody about this book I got, Be Kind. I know we're sort of doing some commentary stuff tonight, but you know what? Hey, it's our show. That's right. Well said, Sharon. Yeah, we pay for it. We can do what we want, right? That's so right. Um, we, we have this book about kindness. And um, I think that this is a really good time to bring it to light in light of everything that sort of happened, um, you know, at the Capitol building, you know, this 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 past week. Um, and I think I'll just read you what the first week two says. It says, to learn, kindness is a meta value that has the power to transform form our world for the better. It encompasses acts of bravery, compassion, decency, empathy, fairness, forgiveness, friendship, generosity, gratitude, humility, love, loyalty, merciful, mercy, mercyfulness. Is that a word? No. Uh, trust, respect, sympathy, and understanding. So that's what we're going to start our show with is a little bit of kindness. So wasn't nice. That, wasn't that nice? Yeah, that is nice. All right. So, Dustin, you want to let our WATD listeners know um, what our topic is for tonight? Yeah. So the last, what, two or three weeks, we've been really dissecting numbers, stats, trends, 
everything about the market, what we think, what we expect, you know, some surprises, some not. And today we're going to widen the scope a little bit. We've really been focusing on the South Shore, Greater Boston, Plymouth County. And now a lot of the stuff we're going to look at is the nation as a whole. Mm-hmm. So the National Association of Realtors every year comes out with a report, long, long book, essentially, you know, 200 plus pages titled Profile of Home Buyers and Home Sellers. It's an annual survey. They collect data throughout the year from everyone who's buying and selling. Gives you kind of a unique perspective as to, you know, what's really going on. And what I really like about it is that, you know, the data is there for the last 40 years. So we're really able to step back and see some bigger stuff opposed to, you know, what happened last week and what might happen next week. Mm -hmm. Obviously, 2020 was a different year, but, you know, every year it's great stuff. It's, and that's really, you know, I feel like what a lot of people in real estate enjoy about it, that it's very fluid. It's a changing market and there's no shortage of surprises. Mm-hmm. And I know the the show that we did last week for anyone who didn't hear our show, you can go onto our podcast app, which is Talk Real Estate Roundtable, or you can go to talkrealestateroundtable.com and you can find all of our past shows. But I was talking to somebody this past week and um, I talked about statistics of, you know, the, what we had talked about, you know, with inventory and um, just like absorption rates and everything else. So I said, you should definitely go and listen to this show. So I know we have at least one person that will be doing that this week. <laughs> so where do we want to start with everything tonight and i i gave you that book i told you it's my favorite book i used to when i go to the national association of realtors conference um i am generally this is when they come out with it because i think the information is from like july to like the following june yep um, and the reason um, they they sort of have the book, if they have a real book, but now we have the download, but I would always be like in line to get the book because I couldn't wait. And that's what I used to read on my way home um, after um, the, you know, the conference, wherever it was. And I absolutely love it. All kinds of nice, fun statistics and everything. So where do you want to start us? I want to start talking about real estate agents just because I feel like, for all of our real estate agent listeners, this is really focused on, you know, on our interactions with consumers, how consumers can benefit, you know, that type of stuff. But I think there was some interesting things up in there about agents. Mm-hmm. And so the first numbers we're looking at is, again, they pulled everyone, all home buyers, home sellers, and they're asking for what is the number one thing you're looking for in a real estate agent? Mm. I, I wish that this was a little more interactive where we had some people that could take some guesses right now. Do you want me to call on Liz? <laughs> yes, if you could call on your mom, that would be great. Um, and then Ben, I don't know if you're in the studio with anybody or not. I know sometimes John Shea is lingering around. Maybe you guys can help us a little bit here too. So what are buyers, what do buyers want most from real estate agents? Ben, what would be your number one guess if you're still with me? No, no. Nope. My mom is typing, so no, okay. She's His mom is listening. Okay. Um, what would? Okay. Well, we know the answer. I know the answer. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but regardless of you know what the answer is, I find this very interesting. So, based off the survey, over fifty-one percent number one reason they want a real estate agent is to help find the right home to purchase, and that sounds incredibly obvious with some of you know the latter things following be able to negotiate, price negotiation, paperwork, walking through the process, that type of stuff. But again, majority of the people want help finding the right home. And why I think that's interesting is because the consumer can find the home themselves. 
Mm-hmm. And we'll see when going through a little more data is that they do find it themselves, whether it's online, through a friend, that type of stuff. But, you know, just again, I also like to give all real estate agents a pat on the back here, but <laughs> people want an expert. They want help. Well, it's funny that you say that because Trish Flynn, who is a full-time realtor here at Boston Connect Real Estate with her husband, um, Nick Flynn, so they're, they're the, the team Flynn, yeah. um, she t- just texted me and said, people want someone to guide them through the process. So mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, well, home buyers, regardless if you're a first-time home buyer or not, they want an expert. They want somebody who is, this is their job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they, they want somebody to sort of hold their hand or, or sort of let them do what they got to do, but also be the professional that they're supposed to be hiring or that they've, they've put confidence in to help them through this next chapter. And I know one thing, one um, statistic that Lawrence Yun had, and he's the chief economist for NAR, National Association of Realtors, had come out and said is that right now we're looking at the millennials. So the millennials have had a bad rap for such a long time. Mm-hmm. I've always sort of been on their side and, you know, they're very creative. They're very, they'll, they'll use the tools that they have to get the information that they need. They tend to be the demographic that will do a lot of research beforehand. But these are also the kids who have seen their parents go through some downfalls. You know what I mean? They were around, they were kids in 2010 when the market declined and people were losing their houses and losing their jobs and things were terrible. So they were part of that process. They also saw, you know, some of them, their parents go through the scandals of um, invest that big investment fraud that had gone on. What was it called? What are you laughing at? (laughs) When you said scandal, I immediately thought of something that like was not related to what we were talking about. I was like, oh yes, a scandal. Yes, all Uh, kinds of scandals. But I think one of the things is, is that demographic, they are the demographic that's purchasing right now. And they'll be a little mm -hmm. aloof Mm -hmm. until they know, okay, now is the time for me to do this. But then they want that partner that they can trust. Yeah. Are you talking about the guy who stole everybody's money? Yeah. Yeah, I forget his name. What was his name? Madoff? Maybe. Was it? Yeah. Right. No, he was yeah. the one that, no, isn't he? He was the one that had like a different type of scandal with all the women in the newscast, didn't he? No. No, he had the pyramid oh. scheme. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. The, that's one. Um, yeah. Birdie Madoff. The, my, mm-hmm. I'm just checking Super bad dude. Both, <laughs> both my mom and Trish are sort of on the same path. So like my mom was like, um, help with the things that the average person doesn't think of. So like, um, you know, helping navigate all aspects of the home buying process because not every bit like there's so much to purchasing a home that the sort of quote-unquote average person wouldn't Mm -hmm. understand unless they're in it or somebody is explaining it to them so and also they they want to um be validated that like they have Mm -hmm. found the right house and that the house is worth whatever it is that Mm-hmm. they're offering. And too, I think as buyer's agents, one of the things that we do and that I don't think that people, unless they're out there really looking for a home, like if you go into open houses, you just sort of like walk in and you're sort of popping around. But if you go and look at a house, I know um, I was talking to Trish and Nick maybe a few weeks ago and they had a house that they were looking at and some things had come up and they you know, had just suggested maybe find another one or this is going to be more than you expected or, you know, and then it was like final walkthrough and now there's nothing in the house to distract you. And that's the key. 
Trish and Nick weren't distracted by the stuff in the house or the mm-hmm. granite and the stainless and all these other things. And they noticed some other structural stuff, but like now the house is empty and it's like, oh, I didn't realize that that roof was caving in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that that was the case, by the way, but I was just, that's what, you know, having a professional buyer's agent by your side. The other thing is, is if people are working and, you know, it's funny because people are now logged onto their computers, but a lot of that is being monitored, like how often you're online and everything. Um, a great thing about a buyer's agent is, is a buyer's agent can go out, look at a house if it comes on the market. So you're, and give you sort of an update on it before you, you know, mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. So good yeah. job, Liz and Trish. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, this next one is another interesting one in regards to, you know, the profession of being a real estate agent. And you see it all the time, you know, trying to get a young agent into the right flow, how to build a clientele, how to build their own business. And, you know, a lot of times you don't want to do the prospecting. You don't think you need to, you have confidence. And I think everyone should have confidence, but you know, like, you know, I just got to get one and then they'll go from there and they'll go from there. They'll go from there. But you know, this that right here, would buyers use a real estate agent again or recommend to others? 76% said definitely. 15 probably. So right now you're looking at over 90% of people who use an agent are going to recommend the same one or use them again. So if that agent isn't you, you you're not getting recommended. Mm -hmm. So to me, when I see this, it's you you have to be the first one there. So how do you, how do you do that? How do you build the clientele? Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the thing too. One, I mean, you know, our office is, I mean, we definitely have what we like to call as a holistic approach to, you know, real estate and it, for us, it really isn't about, you know, buying and selling homes. It's certainly helping people in that process. But for us, it's more about helping people, um, helping families, helping singles, helping whoever, you know, people who are right-sizing, whether that's going up or going down, going sideways, whatever way people are going. We help people through some of the the biggest decision of their life we're helping them with as they're going through some major transitions in their life as well. So if you think about what we do, and why I think it's important that we do take the holistic approach at Boston Connect Real Estate is because, you know, we're there when somebody buys their first home. Yay, how exciting. We're there when somebody then gets their first home and they're expecting maybe their first baby. Yay, we're there, you know, mm-hmm. all the way through, you know, into their senior years and maybe a spouse passes away or maybe there's a health concern and oh, sad, like now we have to help them sell this house and find something else. You know what I mean? So we we are with our clients and really friends throughout this whole process. And I always say, I know that you're with me because of real estate, but truly there's probably an underlying reason why you're really found me and my Mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. And I feel that way with all of the the Boston Connect agents. I mean, Trish, I know she's listening right now. I'm sure some of our other agents are listening as well. You know, giving a hundred percent of yourself to your client that is in front of you is the most important thing you can do. Cause I'd rather have one happy, happy, happy client at the end of the year than 10 that are pissed off at me, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that that's important. And I think looks like maybe you have somebody that's saying something, but Dustin, why don't you, can, do you mind sharing that example of the insight you had the other day when you were talking, you and Casey are looking at, you know, wedding planners and things like that in the conversation I had about Monica Iris from Italy that did the private tour? Yeah, so this this lady Monica is out in Italy. Sharon's worked with her a handful of times and, you know, 
it's just her. She's a one-man show in the sense that she takes care of you. She's driving you. She's bringing you places that no one else knows about. And, you know, as a kind of tour guide, travel destination type thing and a tourist destination like Italy, you know, at at first glance, you're like, mm, I'd rather, like, you know, go with someone bigger, someone who's more connected, that type of stuff. And Sharon will tell you it was the best experience they've ever had. They went back. They did it again. And it's that kind of personal touch that she has every single time that makes it incredible and you see a lot of agents who are doing huge numbers huge volume trying to automate the process and essentially eliminate contact with the clients on a day-to-day basis to ensure they can do as much as possible and it it takes away from everything that Mm -hmm. a real estate agent should add or what i would assume people are looking for Mm-hmm. Isn't that a good analogy when yeah. he said that to me? Yeah. Because I think one of the things too is, you know, with companies and everything, and again, there are so many great companies out there. Honestly, I've worked at several of them myself. I have a lot of friends in a lot of these companies. They're all wonderful companies. You have to choose who's best for you, period, amen. But for me, you know, we hear a lot about like, oh, the technology, the this, the that, the technology. Well, we all really have the same internet so we're really doing the same things like we have the same photographer we have the same you know we're we're doing all of the same things the things that we're doing i feel differently is that personal touch hand holding and i think a lot of that stems from really not being motivated by money but being motivated by helping people so yeah i'll say it i think it's tacky when people <laughs> talk about money <laughs> i do i just i don't know i sort of cringe a little bit when i see like things like you know advertisements or social media posts or something where it's like we sold this for the and then it gives the exact amount of, like mm-hmm. over asking it's like uh like we when we sell something over asking we say it's over asking we don't say like oh to the to the dime or mm-hmm. this is how many like exactly how much i did in volume and stuff like I just find it tacky especially because it becomes a number and and to us like it's just it's not a number like like you said like we'd rather help one happy person than you know 10 I'm super grateful though that we had 40 something of them this year not one (laughs) no yes (laughs) yeah and two I mean not being tacky I do want to give Boston Connect a very big applaud um, because even through this crisis and epidemic that we had um, our company actually stayed strong and stayed true to their clients and um, we had a very very good year so congratulations to all of the Boston Connect agents I'm so proud of you and because we know that we're listening congratulations to the Flynn team yes awesome awesome they had an excellent year last year and they're gonna Mm -hmm. kill it even harder this year yes Um, they were in here today getting all getting all ready they're a little upset that they can't have the uh St. Patrick's Day party this year again but (laughs) they'll get to it (laughs) they should do it like in you know in like August uh, maybe it would be like an August party then. No, like a St. Patty's <laughs> First of all, there's nothing better than a St. Patty's Day party. Period. Amen. I know. And then to have it when it's warm out. I mean, I remember going to the St. Patty Day parades in Southie and I'd be freezing my butt off, but I would have an empty Pepsi bottle, like a two liter filled with Pearl Harbor. Because yeah. it was green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you drink to get warm. I was shivering the whole entire time. So, um yeah, but that was, um, that's very interesting fact. And I'm glad, I hope, you know, the majority of our clients actually, um, you know, do refer us. Our business is very much based on referral business. And so here's the other thing. Say you're looking at, you know, a new agent. They got their deal and, you know, it looks like 
90% of people are probably or definitely going to refer you. Then we look at how many times agents were actually recommended. 35% of the time, it was zero. Mm -hmm. 16% one time, 18% two times, you know, 11, and then, you know, 22, four more. And so what you see there is that, you know, everyone says they are, but how, how, how do you add value to ensure that's actually happening? And it, it's interesting. I mean, the greatest percentage is zero referrals. The next highest is four or more. So to mm -hmm. me, it's really a hit or miss. Either clients are walking away beyond satisfied, you know, everyone has to use you or mm -hmm. they don't care. Eh. Yeah. Well, that's what you don't want to be is the one that makes you think, eh, I don't care. I mean, I know I, one of the things I really take pride in is that my clients call me all the time for things like, hey, I need, you know, a referral for an electrician. I need a referral for somebody who can do my front steps. I need a referral for all these things. So I'm sort of like their resource for life for all these things because they also know that I take it very seriously. I'm not referring you or your company if I think that you're going to do a crappy job. So that's period. Amen. So yeah. that's what I think is good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've literally gotten scam calls all day from the same number. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Social security scams. Yeah. <laughs> Careful people. You heard it here. Um, there was something else I was going to say too about that whole thing about being referred and, oh, I know. It, well, this is sort of me patting myself on the back a little bit, but it was sort of a funny response. I was, um, during the holidays, I was over, I think I was going into the packy for something and I saw somebody and, um, he was telling me something. I actually, this is a reminder. I have to actually get him some information. And we were talking outside and I was like, here, let me just give you one of my business cards and, you know, just text me later and I'll remember to do that. And he, I was like, I don't have any business cards. I was like, what type of a real estate agent am I like that doesn't carry a business card? He's like, you're the type of real estate agent that doesn't need a business card. <laughs> oh, and Mackenzie was with me and she cracked up. I was like, oh, that was cute. I'm going to use that maybe, but I would never it's use it. It's a heck it. of a review, Sharon. <laughs> um, so that's that's a good one. All right, what else we got? So this is the one COVID-related question that I think we'll talk about tonight, but I, I think it was worthwhile just because I think the topic is interesting and I feel like it's a topic we could do an entire show about. And they talk about, you know, percentage of home sales before COVID, which they're considering March 2020 and after and there's a huge rise in multi-generational living. I believe it was 11% of sales prior. And I mean, up almost 15% to about 15% after. I'm all for multi-generational living. Mm -hmm. You really are all about like the family thing. Like the night that he got engaged and Casey was like in her sweatpants and like, <laughs> you know, the weekend before every picture of her on the vineyard was like perfect hair, nails, everything else. <laughs> and he chooses the night they come home from a walk in the cold and she's, you know, her hair is pulled up, no makeup on. And then to get Gatorade, to get, Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, to get Gatorade and, but what I loved, you, he, you were with me when he was telling us the story outside yeah. in the car, like, the thing that you loved the most was being able to like FaceTime with all, you know, family and everything. And, mm -hmm. you know, so it is all about family and multi-generational living is a big thing. It's been, a, I've seen it rising over the few years. Um, there was an article, actually, I got interviewed by the Boston Globe 
quite a few years ago about this very topic. And I said, I just only see it increasing. Um, before I saw it increasing because of the need for mom and dad to both be working. Then there's also, you know, there was a lot of divorce and things that were going on. You know, so you definitely need that multi-generational and now you need it for sure because of one, you know, when your family members are getting older or something like that, but like with the kids being home, how do you do it? How do you work from home? I can't work from home with a six month old puppy. <laughs> you know, she does is whine. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, my cat was all over me when I tried to work from home. So I was mm-hmm. like, forget it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just based off availability and, you know, population and whatnot, the Northeast is going to lead every trend nationally, real estate wise. And it, it makes sense. There's no room to go or there's nowhere to go it, to be able to house everyone together, whether, you know, how separated you are, obviously completely up to you. But if cars are the po- primary form of transportation, there's only going to be more traffic. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's just, uh, it's not thing? out of the... Probably Sophie. Yeah, oh. sorry. <laughs> I thought it was someone writing on a I dry was a bird. bar. No, she has, a, she has a toy. Do you have comments about that last one he was talking about? Because I was texting. What, <laughs> multi-generational? Oh, multi-generational, yeah. I was just going to, it's, there are countries where that is 100% the norm. Mm-hmm. Three, four generations and like, okay. you know, they don't bat an eyelash. So it's, it's certainly, at least in my eyes, it shouldn't be anything that's taboo or looked down upon or like, you know, it's. It's a good decision for a lot easy, of people. I think it's easier for a lot of people, actually. You know what I mean? Other than, you know, like, tr- actually, Trish and Nick, the Flynn team. I mean, they should have actually maybe been yeah. on the show tonight. <laughs> if they want to call in, feel free to call in. I put the link, by the way, on Facebook. If you guys want to join us via Zoom, feel free to do that. We have, like, 20 minutes left. Um, anybody that wants to join us via Zoom, you can see us. Uh, you can go on to our Facebook page, and we have the link there for you. Um, but with the multi-generational, it's one thing about, you know, let's just say somebody you know, that has the younger kids that needs the help, like from their parents, because they're trying to work from home. But it's also, you know, the roles reversing as, you know, our parents are living older and longer, us being able to take care of them. And honestly, I would see it from a selfish standpoint of wanting them just in the same house rather than, Mm -hmm. you know, like even right now, like my parents, when when it snows out, I'm thinking I have to, like, I don't want them out there doing that, shoveling off their cars and doing all this other stuff. So it would be easier if they're all in one household. And two, just think like, chances are someone's always going to (laughs) cook. Yeah. You think? Yeah, I think so. I hope mine's cooking tonight. (laughs) <laughs> well, peppers because he doesn't like peppers he doesn't like peppers so i doubt stuffed peppers is a thing so um, yeah, and i know that mary's not here but i part of like the reason why that they chose to do an addition for sam's mother holly was because you know she right now she can live on her own so like if you know she was to purchase something you know it would just probably be for like 10 or 15 years so like you know, at that point, because, you know, maybe in 10 and 15 years, you know, they're going to need help, you mm-hmm. know, with their kids, with their, you know, oh, if yeah. they get another job they, they're and, you know, Holly probably wouldn't want to live alone, mm-hmm. you know, in 10 or 15 years. So she would be right back there anyways. I don't even know that Holly would want to live alone now. Well, yeah. You so know? I, I don't think that she probably would. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, it's sort of like, if you feel like the inevitable is that like you're going to be together, you might as well just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's sort of where they were. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Okay. Me, um, yeah, sorry, Mom, you're not coming to live with me. <laughs> <laughs> you can live with Ethan. <laughs> Liz, you can come live with me if you need some place to live. Don't worry about it. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so, I always talk to Mark about maybe putting like a master bedroom on the first floor. Like, yeah. because I'm not moving. I'm not, I'm seriously not going anywhere. So I don't really, I'm really not that concerned about the resale value. Casey and um, Mackenzie will have to worry about it. <laughs> that's enough COVID for one night which is good so we have plenty of stuff and this is again more of these I really like and so we're talking about the median age of home buyers looking at the last 40 years from 1981 to 2020 in 1981 wow. that age was at 31 years of age 2020 we're up to 47 years old and again that includes first time home buyers and repeat buyers Mm-hmm. The interesting thing there is that. Yeah, you to Dustin, Dustin's on the radio. <laughs> Sorry, Casey. Yeah. Dustin. Yeah. What happens with a deal, right? When the uh, mother and father, young couple, are going to buy a house. Yep. And the mother and father go into it, right? Who do they try to convince about the house? Do they do they bring the father down and show him the plumbing, the heating system, or they try to do, uh, do it to the parents because uh, to the kids? Because I think you get the father is going to probably put up some of the money, <laughs> so he probably has a say in what they should do with the house if it's feasible for them. You know what I'm trying to say? I think so. Yeah. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Sharon's here for you right now. She's going to answer. Yeah, Dad, you're like live on the radio right now. So, the oh, yeah, yeah everyone just heard your question. So, um, yeah, Dad, I don't remember you giving me any money for my house, but if you want to <laughs> give it to me now, I'll take it. <laughs> You can go and look at my plumbing. <laughs> probably has that Okay, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, so I think, I don't know what, because my dad had texted me or was trying to call Sorry, me. Thank you. <laughs> so, Talk to you later. I don't know which which um, which one we were talking about that he wanted to bring that up. Maybe about... What do you think? I have no idea. I don't remember. Uh, what buyer, um, I don't know, maybe the first one, like what buyers would want most from real estate agents, because like we were talking about their uh, opinions. Yeah, and stuff. Opinions. like the the what the value yeah. of the house. Well, sometimes, and you know what, we do see a lot of that, so we'll we'll go there, and you know, I think, and maybe this will sort of tie in, Dustin, when you're talking about like the age of like first time home buyers, when we get to that slide, but I think you know, when we see young couples purchasing a home, I think the, when they do bring their parents, I'd say that the parents are very, very surprised at how little house they get for that much money mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. You know, because let's face it, even for me, I, Mark and I bought our house, it will be 29 years in November. So just 28 years now. And we paid 137.5 for our house. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about that. Like people are buying like Range Rovers for like one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so. I can remember. Um, I think my my nana had told me that like when her and my papa like bought their house in Weymouth or whatever like a million years ago, they paid like nineteen thousand dollars for mm. it. <laughs> 
Yep. Same thing with Mark's <laughs> and like they Like my dad was raised in that house and, and my aunt. And like, it, I, I remember it from when I was little. And like, I was like, Nineteen thousand dollars. What? It's amazing. And that was a lot of money then, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Well, I don't think right now with like I said, with, with with my dad's point, I guess, is like, you know, what is everybody interested in? I don't think anybody's parents really there aren't a whole lot of parents right now that are giving in some money. They do they helping their kids pay for college and things like that. So all right. So, what was the one you were just talking about? Forty-seven years old, fifty-seven years old. Yeah, I mean, so the, I mean, again, average, average or median age for buyers, forty-seven years old right now, including first time and repeat. But what's incredible is that over that forty years, the age of first time home buyers hasn't changed. It's been twenty-nine, thirty, and now it's thirty-two, thirty-three. So, I mean, to me, the whole you know starter home first five or six years is not not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. You're you're in that home much longer than you were. What um what graph are you on? Uh, are you on P? The- Sorry, I'm on one one. One one. Okay, page fourteen. Okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah. So you, we were looking at this one the other day, and I, I loved sort of your insight into looking at it because if you look at first time home buyers and it. it I don't know if Ben is with us or not, but if anybody wants to call in, 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. That is the number directly to WATD. We're talking about the characteristics of home buyers. This is national statistics from the National Association of Realtors. Uh, they come out with profile of home buyers and home sellers every single year. It's my favorite book. It's such a good read. I love these little graphs um, and little charts and everything else. It's just very interesting. Um, so so if you have some questions or comments about this topic or any other real estate topic, you can reach us 781-837-4900. So first time home buyers, the average age of a first time home buyer, Ben, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. What do you think the average age is for a first time home buyer? The average age group for a first time home buyer? I mean, I would like to think it's somewhere in their thirties, but uh, it's tough to say generally. Mm-hmm. It's 33. Oh, and- there we go. I was close. Yeah, you are definitely close. And right now, like that makes perfect sense to me. That's our millennial age. But if you go back to 1981, what do you think it was in 1981, Ben? Uh, I'm going to take a pop shot guess and say more like 12. 20, <laughs> 29 years old. Is, so is that really, why I hear all these stories about, you know, when I bought my house, it was only $13,000 and I got a <laughs> five room, three level place. Yeah, exactly. That's what we were just saying. In 1992, when I bought my house, um, it was 137.5. But I was 24 and Mark was 29. And the average age at that time was 32. So it's it's wild. But I think like that 29, I would have thought, I would have guessed it was a lot lower, even though I look at these statistics every year. I don't know why I'm so surprised. <laughs> yeah. it, um, go ahead. Oh, it, you know, it, it seems that it should be lower, but then you start thinking about like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you take those four or five years once you're settled to be able to afford it. And now that four or five years is there. You're still saving at the same rate, but it's going to take you 10 years to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you see what his point is, because then mm-hmm. if you're going to buy again, like a repeat buyer, it's 47. So, um, or 55 yeah. buyer, right? So, I mean, 33 to 55, I mean, people are in their house for 20 years. Yeah. I was, so it's, it's the one you're buying is at your house now, <laughs> <laughs> yep. but I, I like the next one too. It talks about 
again, the percentage or kind of kind of the market share of first-time home buyers and what percentage of homes that are purchased are first-time home buyers. And we're going back to 1981 again, and we're all over the 40s, 44, 42, 40s, super steady. We get to our you know favorite year right around 2008, shoots up to 50%, which probably should have been a telltale sign at the time that something's not right if now everyone can buy a home. Mm-hmm. And then it drops. We're in the 30s and now we're at 31 and there's really no sign of that changing. And I, when I see this, you think of you know people making arguments for student loan relief, kind of the financial situation, millennials are saying where they're at. And this is a good graphic to show that it's, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. The purchase power for someone in that age group is not really there anymore. Down, what, 20%. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a good one. And I mean, it's stuff like that where you like, you're assessing the entire economy as a whole. And that's why there are these ideas of trying to relieve debt to allow this you know, huge population of people the ability to interact with the economy the way they have in the past. So this bottom one here, this bottom chart that you're looking at, 1-16, and we can put these up on our website too. So Dustin can work on that tomorrow. We'll put them on the website. So um, on uh, talkrealestateroundtable.com and you'll be able to see all these charts and graphs. And if you have any information that you want us to talk about, you can let me know. Um, but do you have a question from somebody? No, Mary just texted us and she um, she's working with first-time home buyers and they're in their late 20s. And so she gave this advice to the buyers recently and said that, you know, these homes are the ones that you stay in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, which is good too. I mean, that goes back to that other thing about why you need a real estate agent with you. I remember with Alyssa McNamara Reed, when I was helping her and Kirk find their house and they had, they were selling a condo, buying their first single family home. And she fell in love with this house. It was on a main road in Norwell. It had granite and stainless steel. She just adored it and no kids at the time and a dog that she loved. And I was like, oh, so how are you going to feel when trot run just trots right out into that main road? I was like, the road is never going to change. And this is not going to be your forever home. So I was able to sort of guide her and mentor her towards getting, you know, a home maybe that needed a little work, but it was in a great neighborhood for resale value. So that worked out perfectly for her. Her parents ended up doing their kitchen over. So they, she took the cabinets and did the kitchen over at this house and then sold it and bought the house that they're in right now. So very good. All right. We just heard the uh, five minute uh, warning sign there, the doorbell. Two minutes, uh, actually. Two minutes. <laughs> Sorry. Two minutes. Wow. Time is flying. Um, again, Mel, do you want to just let everybody know how they can listen to some of our past shows and if anybody has any suggestions for some real estate topics? Yeah, you can go to talkrealestateroundtable.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are the McNamara Broker Team on Facebook and Instagram. You can go to bostonconnect.com. All of our contact information is there. You can call me at the office 781-826-8000 and I can connect you to anybody you want to talk to. Mm-hmm. Or you just want to call and talk to me and say, ask me how my day is going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do that. 781-826-8000. Um, so, Dustin, any final thoughts for our final seconds here? Back at it again next week. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're not sure what our topic is going to be next week yet, but uh, we'll be sure to fill you in on Facebook. So should be, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and all those great places. And again, if you want to talk to us, if you'd like a one-on-one consultation with our team or with any of the Boston Connect real estate agents and teams that we have here, they're the best of the best. I assure you of that. I actually, I, 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 tattoo every single one of them with like a Boston Connect logo on it because I have that much pride in them. You, should, you, should, you, know. you know how you're supposed to stamp your work with pride? Oh, oh yeah. So, so I trust them. I trust every agent that works here. Yes. Um, so you can call us at their uh, office 781-826-8000. And I hope that everybody has a great week. Bye. Bye, Ben. Have a good one, everybody.